uh, we did our original broadcast on the 911 Saves Act, um, and that was just the beginning. We had a lot of states that still hadn't approved the act. Uh, we had a lot of information that we still wanted to get out, so we wanted to give you guys a quick update. Doug, you think you have the list of states that have now um, gone and approved the, the act federally or statewide? Yeah, a lot of, uh, I mean, we have Texas was first. They made them uh, first responders. Uh, Colorado uh, made several counties. That way the whole state hasn't done it yet. The West Virginia has, uh, California has. And uh, several of them have got bills in place, but they're just not being approved yet. So they're trying and including the federal one, which is still in the works and it's on hold at the moment. So not sure why it's on hold, but it's on hold till 2021. So see what happens. Okay. So does does everybody, yeah, maybe COVID has kind of put a a crank in everybody's (laughs) plans. I don't know Uh, why. uh, Yeah. Does everybody know or understand? Because I know I get asked a lot of questions when I'm interacting with other dispatchers, you know, why, why do I care? What does this mean? What's, mm-hmm. what's in it for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it's important to recognize that uh, what it actually does mean to be qualified or to be reclassified as a first responder. And I know, you know, Doug's also got some articles that kind of give some comments about why we shouldn't from other mm-hmm. field responders. And, and I think it's important that we recognize that we're all in this together and the reclassification actually, number one, accurately reflects what it is that we do um, and mm-hmm. puts us in the right column, so to speak. Um, and it certainly is not meant to take away from or devalue what our field units are doing. Because clearly they're first responders. Clearly we're first responders. We're the first, first people who answer the phone and give the the service and, you know, provide first aid instructions and some of those things. So I think it's important that as you, and I'm talking about all of us here and everybody who's listening, as you start to do your own research, recognize that this, you know, like from the Spider-Man movie, with great power comes great responsibility. (laughs) That being reclassified is an opportunity for us to be recognized as the professionals that we are. And I think that's that's critical here. Yeah. One of the things on Doug's list also is that uh, Iowa wasn't mentioned and Iowa did pass it in July 1st as well. So Iowa recognized the 911 dispatchers as uh, first responders. And there was a lot of work to make that happen. I mean, it took us several years to do that and how we got involved in contacting senators and legislators and everything else and educating them on what we do. So for the states that haven't accomplished this, you actually have to put in some work and educate people on what we do. A lot of the perception that we ran into was, well, you're just a dispatcher. Mm -hmm. And educate the people on what we are doing now and how technology has changed and training has changed and certification has changed and what we're required to do and why it's so important to us to be recognized as first responders. And we uh, got that to pass in Iowa, but it does take a little bit of time to educate those people. So if anybody's watching at home and says, what can I do? Mm-hmm. I would say, first of all, find out who your uh, legislators are and mm-hmm. make sure you know how to contact them and that you have your agency's permission. If you don't have your agency's permission, make sure you're speaking on behalf of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Educate people on what a 911 dispatcher really does. Very good. So I want to follow that up because it's the perfect segue to this. Again, in our first episode that we talked about this, we talked about ways that 
each individual dispatcher could do something to help. So in California, we talked about one dispatcher, one single dispatcher went to her representative, Rudy Salas, up in the Fresno area. And this is what, what came of that one meeting that she had with him. And this is from Rudy Salas, and this is when he was on the floor of the California Senate. It is an honor to officially recognize the incredible work of our public safety dispatchers. Dispatchers are vital to keeping our community safe. When a hostage taker or a suicidal person calls 911, the first individual they speak with is often a dispatcher, often, hmm, or <laughs> with, the, with the idea <laughs> is often a dispatcher whose negotiation skills can save lives. A local dispatcher initially contacted my office with the idea for this legislation. Her life-saving work in the community was the start of this bill, which ensures that brave women and men who are working as dispatchers are properly acknowledged for their work. Sums it up right there. Yeah. One single dispatcher educated him on what it takes. Specifically, he states, whose negotiation skills, we all have to have them as 911 dispatchers. Right. Uh, that's, that's actually giving care to somebody. That's actually doing something on the phone. And he just gave, gives those two examples, whether you're a suspect, a hostage taker, or a suicidal person, a victim of some type of crime or anything like that. Yeah. We should yeah. be recognized for the the heroes that we are. Basically, let's toot our own horn, horn a little bit. Well, and uh, that John, was the update that we wanted to give. Go ahead, yeah. Leslie. Sorry. Well, and and I just wanted to to kind of get to Doug because I don't know in the decades that I've known Doug, <laughs> we we haven't aged today, by the way. Um, how many times Doug has said, and we've all heard him say it, and we've probably all said it ourselves: the power of one. Yeah. The power yep. of one Amen. person who has taken this forward and says, hey, legislator, hey, state senate, hey, government, we need to be recognized. And, and I think, Joe, to your point of how do people get involved, don't say, oh, I'm just a dispatcher. I'm just a line person. Oh, somebody else will do it. That one person is mm -hmm. the difference. Yeah. Yep. And it's also that one person can go the opposite way, too. Oh, absolutely. Because there are people yeah. out there that shouldn't be in our business that are, and mm -hmm. they make havoc for the rest of us when we're trying right. to say, move this thing forward and let's become a professional thing. But you've got people that are complaining about the dumbest things. And it's like, right. what are you thinking? You want to be a professional? You want people to look at you and think that's a great profession? Or do you want to look at you and say, man, they're complaining about everything? I right. Mean, all it, we're where they complain about the lights and the air conditioning, right. whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay, I know officers that drive cars that are the, still the Crown Vicks. Right. Like, I mean, come on. These things are like 200,000 miles on that car. They're still driving it. They make a right. point, but they're still driving it. And I think the term professional, sorry, Joe, I think you were going to talk and I'm jumping in, but I think the term <laughs> professional carries with it so much weight and responsibility that we forget sometimes because, I mean, when you, when you say the word professional, what do you think about maybe a, a, a professional um, athlete or uh, a lawyer or somebody who's who or a doctor? Has, yeah. Yes. Has a lot of training. Well, hello. How much training do we have? But also a lot of responsibility. And this 911 Saves Act comes with it. Hey, if we want to be seen as professionals, we have to act like professionals. So we've got to take on that responsibility, understanding what it all means. OK, Joe, sorry. Go ahead. 
I'm going to say that one of the things that really helped us as well over the course of the years that we were trying to get this accomplished in Iowa was um, making sure that we had a common message. You can expand upon it. Mm -hmm. uh, but one of the things that we did was drafted some sample things to contact your legislators about that almost every dispatcher did. And that was hard because we got small 911 centers, really yeah. small, and we got big ones and everything else. Mm -hmm. But we all um, answer calls typically about accidents with injuries where somebody may or may not be dead, somebody breaking into a house uh, where their life is at risk or taking a fire call. And we found those common things that we did and said, okay, now make this template kind of your own but we're all still speaking with one voice. And then one of the things that I did when I personally spoke with legislators is, is told them, are you interested in chance by hearing, uh, or interested in hearing some of the examples of what dispatchers have done over the phone? And I shared with them that nothing specific, but I told them, do you understand that we've delivered this many babies over the phone before responders even got there? We had the baby um, delivered yeah. Um, in, in the mother's belly and crying and confirmed breathing and everything else that we provided CPR instructions over the phone to where somebody was not awake, not breathing, and all of a sudden they're breathing before anybody arrives or giving yeah. fire instructions that they're trapped inside a house that's burning and we get them in that house to safety and give pre-approved arrival instructions for a fire and fire goes through a door or a window and gets them to safety that they don't die of smoke inhalation. And this is all stuff that happens before anybody arrives on scene. Right. And, um, and they truly are doing more than just answering a phone call or doing whatever. They're doing a lot and they have a lot riding on them that determines the outcome and the success of that call. You know what I've heard people are complaining about a little bit, sorry, but mm -hmm. I've heard some scuttlebutt out there in the world of dispatch are saying they're not, the reason that a lot of management people don't want this to push forward is because what does that mean? If you wanna be this mm -hmm. professional, it's gonna mean you've gotta get regular training. You've gotta get updated stuff. You've gotta yeah. have a more, and it's, they think to themselves, a financial responsibility. I mean, hell, right. this, there's small cities out there that have no budget at all. And they're going right. to canine or train our dispatchers. So it's like, I mean, there's this, you know, tug of war between these things. And I understand that's what they're talking about, that they're like, we can't afford to train these people as the professionals they should be, but then my thing is, can you afford not to? Right, right. exactly. I think what this COVID has taught us, uh, and Doug and Leslie and Glenn all know, is that 911 has stepped up during COVID and we've offered free oh, virtual yeah. trainings. There's all these webinars and it doesn't have to cost anything to get them the training that they need and deserve. It doesn't have Absolutely. to. Absolutely. No. Uh, there's also cost training out there that's definitely available as well. Doug goes around, Glenna, Leslie goes around, I go around and we do that sort of thing. Yep. But it doesn't have to cost anything. So any leader of a department that says we are financially uh, restricted and just don't mm -hmm. want to support this because of dollars, I would say that, you know, it doesn't have to be a dollars thing. It needs to Absolutely be. Absolutely not. I, I will tell you, though, having worked for a large agency, mm -hmm. uh, a state agency, that you talk <laughs> about restricted budgets. I mean, right. people coming yep. from the governor saying we don't have the money to do this stuff. And we had to be creative and think to ourselves, how can I get our folks trained basically for free? Right. And yep. it took a lot of like tap dancing and things to get this stuff to happen, but it's important that we do make it happen. I mean, right. yes. I see agencies all the time and say, oh, we can't afford that or we can't afford this or whatever. And it's like, okay, then come up with your own thing. There's thousands of ways to do this training to make it good. Yep. I right. mean, you can read stuff, you can go podcast, you can do all these things out there that are, that are available to make your people professionals. 
Absolutely. I want, if I have to call 911, for God's sakes, I want somebody who is well-trained and prepared <laughs> right. to call. Right, right. And, and like you said, there are so many opportunities. I mean, this podcast, free. Uh, go on uh, the Nina website. There's a whole page for mm-hmm. free training. Yeah. Um, ask around. Go to other agencies and say, hey, we'd like to get together and maybe we can pool our resources and maybe that will bring an instructor in. And like Joe mentioned with COVID, I mean, a year ago, did anybody think that this was going to be the primary way we talk to each other? No way. But now everybody, I mean, think about, we've got children. I have a college age child who is in school getting their education. I know I started young, getting their education (laughs) solely online so don't yep. tell me that it can't be done it can be done but to to uh doug's point you've got to be creative you've got to look well, outside of the i would say some, some things that i tell people is about being creative you can be mm-hmm. super creative but make sure you're training quality stuff because if you train yes. the wrong thing good they're going to be really good at doing the wrong thing so yes. i've seen people putting up stuff on facebook that like oh i've been on the job for two years and i'm gonna and i'm like I don't really think you've got the right foundational right. stuff to tell me yes. all these things. And yeah. it's, I know people are desperate for training and they're reaching out to anybody who wants to say they're a trainer, but just be careful. Just be careful. Right. Yeah. Vet, vet the company or vet the instructor a little bit, at least. Yeah. Right. Well, I was a dispatcher 50 years ago, but <laughs> right. I can train. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But, you I, know, but um, I have the opportunity to, I, I train within my department, you know, dispatchers, of course, but I'm also a department instructor. So we can easily take our dispatchers and put them in a classroom environment and train them. I know Leslie can do the same and mm-hmm. she, she does do the same for her department. Um, Joe, I know you've talked about it before, Doug. I know you did the same. If you out there have good skills as a trainer put that into a classroom setting. Nothing says you only have to train or educate trainees. Right. If you have the education, yeah. you have the knowledge and you have the experience, put together a class and give it to your supervisor so that you can train your dispatchers. Yeah. Again, we've got to vet our, our instructors, but if you go to a great training class, like, I don't know, mine or Leslie's or Joe's or Doug's. Or Joe's or Doug's. Or- <laughs> yeah. I have actually gone to a class before and I had to bring my knowledge back from the class. It was one of the requirements for my evaluation. And I asked the instructor, do you have extra PowerPoints that I can bring? I really want my partners to have these PowerPoints. She gave me the entire class on a CD. She mm-hmm. gave me extra pointers. She gave me all the resources that she took to comp- compile her class. And then everybody in my center got the same training. Yeah, and yeah. it was it was That's from huge. one. I mean, I think yeah. a lot of people that are in our business are willing to help people out. I mean, this is why we yes. offer classes on weekends and holidays and yes, and virtually classes. And- it's all these things because we, we know we want the training to get out. I don't want to just sit in my house going, man, I've got all this great training under my belt, but it's like I'm not sharing with anybody. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm not gonna give it to anybody. And think about, you know, what Joe has talked about in previous episodes where he has these meetings and he's playing Jeopardy games and he's doing all these things. And okay, so maybe one of his dispatchers decides, you know what, I'm going to work at a different agency or I want to go with a different challenge or something like that. That education and that enthusiasm about training 
is not now just at Joe's agency. That person is going to take it yep. on yep. to the next place, or they're going to share it with somebody that they know who doesn't work at the agency. And it's just a matter of getting it out there. But, but I think, you know, our point here with this podcast is to kind of give some clarity about what it means to be reclassified, what it now means for us as responsible professionals of what we need to do. And, you know, I think you said it best before that, Joe, that people don't know what we do. How many times have you gone to a party or you've met somebody and, oh, I'm a dispatcher. Oh my gosh, what is that? What's the craziest call you've ever had? Yeah. Yeah. We've got to do a better job of PRing our profession, whether it means at the very beginning when you're recruiting and you're hiring people or you're out interacting with the community or you're going to speak to your legislators. We have to have pride in what we do and who we are and to recognize that if I do something great in California, it has the impact in Maryland or Virginia or Ohio or any place else. But equally, if I do something wrong, it also has that same impact. So it's, it's really recognizing and hopefully bringing together this family of all of us that we are 911 professionals. And that's mm-hmm. something to, to really be proud of. Yeah, oh yeah, amen. What I would just uh, tell everybody too from experience is when we first started the movement in Iowa and everything else, it was interesting talking to these uh, legislators because at times though, it, they, they don't understand what we do. No. And, no. I, and I at times got a little bit frustrated because, and that was just me personally getting frustrated because I felt, and then I understood that I had to start at the very beginning in order to move this thing forward. And that was a challenge for me because when you hear you're just a dispatcher, all you do is answer the phones or talk on the radio, why do you need to be a first responder? And then it was even more painful hearing that from the very people that we dispatch for. Right. Yeah. Understand that you. It's not just the legislators and everything else that you have to try and start talking to. It's also the people that we dispatch for. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sometimes we have to change that perception and get their support as well in order to make the um, uh, laws change throughout our state. So start in, work your way out gradually, and uh, get better at preparing your presentation. And be prepared to hear those things without getting frustrated. Yes, that's so good. And let us know if we can help. If anybody here at We Speak Dispatch can help. If you have questions or you have comments or anything, you can always leave comments on Facebook, uh, Instagram. I don't know what else. I'm not too well versed on the YouTube or anything like that. Sorry. <laughs> well, and I'm Maybe Doug should take over that one. <laughs> and I'm curious, Joe, you, you mentioned a template. Would it be appropriate if people wanted to at least see what it was that you encouraged your employees to utilize? Could that be something that if somebody sends us an email on uh, Gmail, we speak dispatch at gmail.com. If somebody sends us an email and says, hey, I'd really like to take a look at that template. Yeah. Would that be something that, that would be appropriate to share so other people could kind of get on the bandwagon? Yeah, I don't see why not. And um, I would just, just run it by the Iowa APCO and Iowa NINA president. Uh, to make sure I had permission to do so and I can take care of that. But if you're interested, you know, go ahead and send it. If we don't get permission, then I'll just respond that in the email. Uh, But if we do, we'll definitely share it with you. But I'd want their permission uh, before I just said yes. Absolutely. I totally get it. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Well, our 
quick update turned into a little bit more, but that's okay because a lot of good information was given out, and we could probably talk about this for a couple more hours. I know, oh Doug, gosh. you had some things to, yes. to talk about, and we never even got to it. But That's right. The, um, the title of the show is not We Speak Dispatch Quickly. It's yeah. just, <laughs> yeah. just We Speak Dispatch. Well, that's true. That is true. I, I guarantee we're going to have a few people. I've already, I've already know one person that's already kind of sent me a DM that mm -hmm. is a manager at a comm center who said, Hey, I'm really involved with this stuff. And I'm like, yay, do you want to be on this thing? So, I mean, yeah. we may get other people who are actively Good. involved in this procedure to Perfect. come on here and give us their ideas of what's, what's happening out there. Yeah. Hey, if they, anybody gets a legislative personnel to come on our show, I'll send you a sticker. <gasps> Ooh, <laughs> wow. I, know, I know. You know what? No, I'll even send you two. So one for you and one for that legislator. Yes. Get out of yes. town. That's, That's exciting. The gift that keeps on giving, right? <laughs> okay, well, that about wraps it up for this episode right here. Um, you can catch us on all forms of social media. I don't know how many we're on now, 30, 40, 150. I'm not real sure. Um, if, if if somebody wants to tell them everything that, if somebody well, wants to say everything that we're on. on some of these yeah. things. Joe, yeah. give us the rundown. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. But you can also listen to We Speak Dispatch on several different podcast platforms. I'm going to go auctioneer style here. <laughs> Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor Podcast, Breaker, Overcast, Stitcher, Radio Podcast, Podbean Podcast, Episodes, Castopod here. Listen, and Radio.net, just to name a few. Boom. Wow. Wow. Very I good. I heard, I heard radio the other day. I listened to it, and it sounds so damn good. I'm like, so awesome. I knew that guy is from Tennessee, but he sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I think the one from Iowa sounds really good too. Thank you. I appreciate that from Iowa. Iowa. <laughs> okay, signing off from California. Bye. Right. Take care. Thanks, Have a everybody. great one. Hey, this is Jill, and you've been listening to another great episode of We Speak Dispatch, proudly sponsored by our friends at Zybex. 911, what's your emergency? 911.